screw it. Hi everyone. It's been a bit of a down day today actually. I've been feeling pretty low. A couple of things happened. I, I've been recording um, an episode for um, a few weeks time which is on five of my favourite games and I was talking about those games and I just kind of like basically got reminded of a few things that really mattered to me and screw it. I'm basically, I've gone upstairs and I've grabbed a game off the shelf and um, I'm thinking of recording this as a sequence of solo games which maybe I can put together as a as a bonus, I don't know. But anyway, I'm just going to do this raw. Welcome to Roleplay Rescue's Solo Journal. You thought it was a GM journal, didn't you? I'm going to play some solo gaming and I'm going to journal it right here and stick it out as a bonus episode. My solo journal builds on my solo gaming introduction episode, which was season two, episode four. What I really want to do is just share a live experience of what it means to game on your own. The game I picked up is one that I was back a number one with, by the way. My favourite science fiction game of all time is Alternity. And in 2017, Sasquatch Game Studio kickstarted for uh, an update of Alternity, kind of taking some of the concepts of that game and re, you know, refreshing them for the, for the modern day. I was back at number one. That game was released um, in 2018 at Gen Con. I was slightly annoyed because it took me a while to get mine after Gen Con in here, being here in the UK. I think it came kind of like maybe... Uh, start of October, uh, September time, maybe just as I was going back to school. So, yeah, I just threw it on a pile. We'd used the uh, PDF. Me and my friend Pete had had a kind of one-off game using the um, as a kind of a free to download test run kind of game, um, which is used for play testing. And we had a game of that while ago. It was kind of fun. We enjoyed it. We had a good time. Um, but I just when I got the book, I kind of like went yay, and I threw it on a pile. And it, I'm so bad with these things because. Back at number one, who was so incredibly excited about playing Alternity, um, it's still in its shrink wrap. So, um, first thing I'm going to do is unwrap it right now. Um, yeah, there you go. It's me unwrapping my Alternity Core rulebook. It's cool. Right, so on the back it says, what's your future? And it's really nice. It's about um, digest size, full colour throughout really looks gorgeous actually now I've opened it I'm going to like ooh makes me even more excited to play okay so here's the plan what I'm going to do is I'm going to I'm going to take um, a couple of minutes I'm going to send a character sheet to the printer I'm going to have a flip through the, the basics of this game and remind myself about it and then um, as soon as I can find some time whether that's later tonight or it's tomorrow morning or whatever I'm going to um, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to solo with this Last year, the G Plus group labelled March as a Soloer Module Month. For the month of March, you are challenged to solo a published adventure module in whatever way you choose and share your actual plays, strategies, tips and tricks and tactics for soloing a module, ideally without spoiling the whole thing for yourself. been thinking that I want to play the new Alternative game. I remember that I also own everything for the old Alternative game, including the starter set from 1999. And that has a booklet of adventures, pre-gens and intro rules, so I'm proposing playing those adventures with new rules. 
So I have the box. Um, this is the Alternity 1999 Alternative Science Fiction Adventure Game Starter Set, um, which is in really good nick, it has to be said. Oh, wow. First thing I found opening it is an unused TSR dice bag. Hey, I think I must have taken the dice out a long while ago, but wow, that's so cool. Yay. Um, right, read this first. A uh, load of blurb um, about the rule book, adventure book, hero folders, game off screen, and dice. Okay, so in here it just says, what should you do first? Select a game master. Well, that's going to be me on the solo player. Uh, read the rules. Yeah, okay, I'm not going to do that because I'm going to use the new rules. Gather a group of friends and family. I'm not going to do that because I'm playing solo. Uh, but it does say, oh, that's interesting. It says works best with a game master and three to six other players. So I think what I'll do then is I'll go for the minimum characters. I'll go for three characters. Um, it says in here there are eight hero folders. So if I'm going to pick eight of those heroes, convert them to Alternity uh, 2018, and then play with those. That sounds fun. Um, right, so... Book. Put that aside. Adventure book. Here it is. This is what I'm looking for. Um, and I'm trying desperately not to spoil any of this. So um, I'm just going to look at the contents page. Honest, nothing more. Just says an introduction. And then this basically looks like there's three adventures in here, which is really cool. Three short adventures. So that's my goal. I'm going to put those aside for now. And I've got these um, character sheets. So let's have a quick flip through them. So. Azor Yans, Azor Yans, I don't know. Um, Azor might not be the brightest guy in the Concord Security Division, but he's one of the toughest. His loyalty to the Concord is unquestioned, and his ability to take care of himself and those around him makes him a valuable asset. And he looks an arrogant little git. Um, the artwork, by the way, is kind of nice. These sheets are good. They're like they have their old, all the old stats on one side, and then on the back, there's kind of like a bit of background. How to customise and kind of make your own character out of this guy, and what equipment they have. Space for notes. Kind of cool. Second character is Benito Riccardi. Benito, who prefers to be called Bear, is a hardened soldier who's been uh, who's seen action on a dozen worlds. He's left behind the rigid. He's left behind the rigid of a space trooper. I guess it must mean he's left behind the rigid life of a space trooper. <laughs> Typo. Uh, but he continues to carry heavy firepower as an enforcer for the Concord. Cool. Kandor is a weirin, a member of a large, powerful species. She's a rough and ready soul who enjoys a good brawl more than anything in the galaxy. Prefers close combat. She has to use a ranged weapon. She likes one with some kick. That might cause some con uh, some issues. I have to customise an alien species. Um, but hey. <coughs> Dear Futako. Dear is a telepath trained to sense mental images of past events. She's a skilled investigator and a valued member of the Concord vessel Lancelot. Like a picture, kind of drawn to her, and I like the idea of a psycho. Elgar Longshadow. Uh, Elgar lost his entire family in a starship crash when he was very young. He survived the accident, but he's been a loner ever since. He has pursued a career as an explorer, eventually finding a place in the Concord Special Service aboard the Lancelot. I'm guessing the Lancelot's the spaceship. Dr. Fenras Almut. Dr. Almut is a peace-loving woman with a keen mind and a wealth of medical experience. To her, mercy and compassion are not the only rules to live by, but they are a way of life. Again, I like her artwork. It's nice. Galen. Galen is a 
Tsar, a member of a reptilian alien species known for quick reflexes. Galen is a sharp-witted engineer whose skills are equaled only by a sense of humour. Yep, another alien to convert if I do that. And Manx Gustafsson. Gustafsson is the captain of the Lancelot. As a loyal member of the Concord Special Service, he is now that nothing prevent him from completing his assignments. Okay. Now, that's the eight characters, and this is some... Yeah, sort of three. I can't run eight characters, that would be crazy. But I could run three. I think that's very doable. Um, so Manx Gustafsson as the commander seems a reasonable starting point, doesn't he? Not very keen on his picture, but, you know, okay, put him to one side. Um, I think I'll drop out the Galanda Sar, um, not particularly an engineering type guy, and also don't fancy converting the alien. Uh, Dr. Fenris Almut. Mm. I'm kind of thinking I might want the medic. I'm going to put it to the side for a second and, and just kind of have a look at the others. Elgar Longshadow. Um, he's a free agent, explorer type character. Um, bit of a loner. Mm. Not really appeals, doesn't really appeal to me very much. Um, Dear Targo, I can't draw into the idea of telepath. I have no idea what rules there are in Eltonzi for a telepath. But I'm very drawn to her. I'm going to put her on my pile. Um, Kandor, I like the idea of the close combat monster, but again, alien to convert and makes it more difficult, so I'm going to put him aside. Um, Beniti, Benito Riccardi, the bear, hardened soldier. I can't, I can't like the sound of him. So I'm going to go with him. And then the last one is Azori Yans, who's uh, also a combat specialist. Sort guy, he's a bit of an arrogant-looking soul, so I'm going to drop him. I've picked him a three, which means I'm not going to be using Dr. Felras, Fenras, I guess. So, my three characters then. Benito Riccardi, who's a human, on the old rules, he's described as a human combat specialist soldier. I've got DF2 Cutfortago, who is described as a human free agent investigator. And I've got a human diplomat ship captain. So I kind of like the idea of those three slightly different characters um, to get going with. Now what I've got to do is go away and convert them, so I guess I better go read the new rules. I had to get up early this morning and um, get these characters sorted out, so I'm really chuffed I've got all three done. Um, I had to do a bit of interpretation with equipment, but that wasn't too difficult. And yes, DF Taco's character, there are rules for psychic ability so she's got the esp post cognition stuff which is brilliant um benito ricardo i made into a little bit more of a uh foot soldier really i guess so they're all ready to go and that means i can start play pretty quickly The future, 2501 AD. 500 years into the future, humans have developed a galactic civilization. It covers 1,000 light years in every direction, spiraling out from Earth to blanket the stars. With a faster than light speed engine called a star drive, human ships have explored and colonized hundreds upon hundreds of planets, moons, and asteroids. Humans have encountered many alien species. Some have been friendly and become partners with humans. Others have been hostile. These hostile aliens present one of the great threats to the expanding stellar nations. 
Humans haven't changed much in 500 years. They still have the same passions, dreams and foibles that have been with them since the dawn of history. That represents the second great threat to the stellar nations. Criminals, warmongers, dictators, fanatics and the other dark sides of the human condition work to undo what humanity has so far achieved. The stellar nations squabble, quarrel and compete with each other on all fronts, political, territorial, economic and more. War has rocked the galaxy in the past and the spark of hatred has never been fully extinguished. It could flare up again at any time and engulf the galaxy in the fire of war. The final great threat comes from beyond the reaches of human space. Various external forces poke at the borders, looking for weaknesses to exploit and spoils to attain. One of these external threats is the Seren Ru, a warlike species that has begun to attack frontier settlements and make deeper and deeper incursions into human space. To protect the galaxy from these threats, the stellar nations formed the Galactic Concord. This union was created from pieces of each stellar nation and devoted to the advancement of civilization. The Concord patrols the borders of human space, negotiates disputes between stellar nations, maintains the galactic economy, and promotes scientific endeavors on a galactic scale. The heroes all work for the Galactic Concord. One area of space currently facing the brunt of these great threats is the region known as the Verge. Located on the frontier on human space, this collection of star systems features representatives from every stellar nation and alien species. The Concorde maintains a vast presence, with fortress ships, space stations and planetary bases scattered throughout the area. For most people in the Verge, life goes on at normal pace. Sure, there are always rumours of alien invaders, stellar nation espionage and wars among the various crime lords but most people see only vague hints of the true dangers surrounding them. The heroes are aware of these dangers, however. The Concord has turned to them, and others like them, to stand tall against these dangers. With their help, the Concord knows that all humanity will prevail. At least, for a while. Hello everybody, I um, am ready to play, I think, or at least begin. Now I noticed in the Alternative Starter set in the rulebook, there is actually a little section on playing the game, and following that, there's actually a short skirmish scenario. I think the idea is to sort of teach you those, those rules before you get into the full proper scenarios. And it's recommended that if you, you know, everyone plays this scenario, and then if you haven't selected Game Master, you know, you know, this is the time to do that, and then you can get into gaming. It's kind of a cool thing, actually. Nice little sequence. Now, for me, learning to play a new game, and I'm going to be learning to play the new alternative rules, it's really helpful to play through a combat scenario. So the first thing I am going to do is just that. So um, here we go, really. The skirmish scenario um, is pretty straightforward. There's a uh, kind of like a cool little kind of... Um, cave area I suppose um, on a map um, and it seems like it'll be against some aliens and so we're going to run through the setup for that so the map shows an underground power plant overrun by dangerous alien creatures the heroes begin the scenario in the airlock on the bottom wall their mission is to escape through the door at the top end of the map it leads to an elevator that takes them to the surface and safety the entire underground base has been set to self-destruct 
The heroes have to escape before the big boom takes out the power plant and the invading aliens. Several alien creatures block the hero's escape path. So on my map, they're marked with Ys, and there are a number of those. How many aliens depends on heroes. So I'm looking at a chart here, three to four heroes. I have three. It's going to be five aliens. Two, three, four. And all five of them are marked on the map. In addition, there's a force field preventing access to the elevator. Um, it's indicated with a V shape on the map. Cool. The heroes must deactivate the force field controls marked X before they can get to the elevator. So it says to use a piece of paper to sketch a copy of the map for the players to see. You can use coins or tokens to represent the heroes and aliens. Or you can mark where everyone is and update it every round. Nice and straightforward, really. So um, that's kind of the setup. Um, what I'm going to do, I think, is go and grab some tokens and... Um, I might actually see if I can print off that map. That would be cool. And then I can kind of run it on on that. So that's what I'm going to do next. The alien-infested underground base is self-destructing around you. One by one, self-destruct charges planted throughout the complex explode with planet-shaking intensity. You've got to get out of here soon, or we'll be buried along with the invading aliens. You've reached the airlock leading to the power chamber. The chamber contains heavy machinery, exposed piping, cable trunks and monitoring equipment. You see an elevator on the far side of the chamber that leads to the surface and safety. Between you and it, you see a shimmering force field and more of the alien predators that have invaded the complex. The force field controls are on the right-hand wall. To reach it, you'll have to fight your way through the aliens. The airlock door slides open. What are you going to do? Just want to add that for the purposes of playing today, I'm going to kind of talk through what I'm doing in a lot of detail. So this will be very much slower than I would normally play a solo game once I know the rules. I'm just going to walk through every step and kind of, I guess I'll almost talk you through it too. I hope that's okay. Okay, so the round begins with an initiative roll. The combat begins with an initiative roll. So rolling for the um, aliens, they're going to have a very low chance being relatively unintelligent. 19 plus to roll on d20. Um, I rolled a 17. So they failed their initial check and they will go on the second impulse. So they're placed on my tracker. The heroes, Benito, his initiative is 11. He's rolled a 2 and failed as well. So he will be going onto the tracker and he will go after the um, aliens. So, rolling for Dia. She has a plus one step bonus, so one step gives her a d4 to add to her d20 roll. Um, she scored a seven and failed. Oh my goodness, this is not going well. And then plus three step bonus for Captain Manx Gustafsson. Um, it's three steps up, it gives him a d8 in addition to his d12. So that's a total of 19, he needed a 12. It's actually a exceptional success or an excellent success he will be going first and if it was anyone else in the first impulse he would go ahead of a standard success but there isn't anybody there so that's cool so that means Manx is going to act first so when it's his go uh, or any character's go they have the option of taking a single action you can make an attack which takes between two and five impulses depending on the weapon you're using 
You can interact with something, like drawing a weapon or an open a locked door, it just takes a single impulse. You can move, which takes two impulses. You can ready an action, that's the thing where you kind of wait for something else to happen, and it adds an extra impulse to whatever you're doing. You can reposition, like get up or go prone or get into cover. You can resist something, um, if you're having to fight off something, like you've been knocked off balance, being held down by a monster and need to get away. You can go into total defense mode, which kind of makes everything harder for the opponents. Or you could use a skill or a tool, or you can do nothing. Given that we've got to get across and deactivate the force of the field, um, Manx is to the left-hand side of the door, and I'm going to use him. Uh, he's got the kind of probably the best engineering skills. I'm going to use him to go for the force field. So I'm going to have him move. So on his move, he can move up to 20 meters. But you can't do really anything else while you're doing that. So he's going to move full out 20 meters. Each square on this map is 20. Is two meters, so he can go 10 squares basically. The difficulty for Manx is there is one alien between him and the controls. Um, and moving past it is possible, but it's going to make him vulnerable. So I'm going to go for it though. He's going to run. So he goes two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve. 14, even his spacesuit on, he can move 18. Um, and Manx is standing next to the controls now. Um, that's him done. The move is two impulses. So he will act again on impulse three, moved him along the track. Next up, then, it's the aliens. Ah! Right. The one near Manx. Can move two, basically you can move two meters and make an attack. So it's going to do just that. It's going to move next to him and make an attack. So we're just going to quickly assess for any modifiers. Um, Manx is not particularly big or small, so no modifier for size. Nothing for cover. He isn't particularly uh, distracted or anything at this point, but he's not dodging. Maybe that's something I should have done. Mm -hmm. um, he's adjacent, so there's no range penalties and there's no real other kind of concern. So it's a straight up roll. The creature needs a 16 or better to hit. For all a five, it misses. There's another creature, however, around the corner. I'll probably see him now. So that's going to move up. It can't. Um, normally move in attack, but I'm going to use the charge modifier, which adds an impulse of delay to the action. These attacks are going to count as three impulse actions, so that becomes a four impulse action, two, three, four. Because I'm actually treating all of the aliens as one token on my tracker, that probably isn't a good plan, I probably need to split those out in future, but for now we'll go with it, they'll all be delayed by charging attackers. So other than the impulse delay, there's no other penalty. You can move up to half its move in an attack. And so in it comes. Making an attack roll, 16 or more. Roll the 10. That's a miss. Fantastic. The other creatures are going to bowl up. So Benito is the only person who's through the door. Deer is out of sight at the moment. So the two creatures are again going to run up and attack Benito. So I'll take two, both of the dice for these, they're nice and quick. 16 pluses, I've rolled a 15, and a 4, both of them miss. Fabuloso! 
Dia's next. She's standing in the, just behind the door, behind Benito, and she's got a laser pistol in hand. I'm going to have her shoot at the creature that's directly in front of her and not slightly obscured by Benito. Her um, energy weapon skill is 10, and she has specialism with peace pistols, giving her a one-step advantage, dropping it up to a 1d4 bonus. It's going to quickly assess. So we're looking at... Um, a small target, so that takes away one step bonus. We're looking at it's not obscured, it's not dodging or anything like that. It is at close range, that's not an issue. Um, just down at whether she wants to aim or not. If she takes aim, it's one uh, step bonus, but she will um, take a one impulse penalty. Um, she, looking at the tracker, she's got plenty of time to take that aim, so I'm going to give her the aim. So the shot with a light energy pistol um, is a speed of three, it becomes four. So she'll be acting just after the creature's next time. Ooh, but if she took the shot without aiming, she wouldn't actually, she'd have time to act before them. Ooh, all right, I'm gonna rewind. She's gonna not aim. And I'm gonna have her act three impulses later, taking a shot. Um, laser pistols are accurate, gives her a one step bonus anyway, so it's a plus one step bonus. So it's d4 plus d20. She's got to roll 10 or more to hit. <laughs> got a 12. That's a good hit. Damage is therefore d6. A d6. I've got a 3. Um, that's a light wound on the creature. So if I count that as a light wound, that's a tick. No negative impact on the creature, but it is a wound. Fantastic start. So Benito is going to fire his quantum rifle, the one directly in front of him. Basically, he's at a straight roll. Key energy weapon is 10 or more to hit. Rifle specialism is up one, it's small, down one. Straight roll 19. He required... He's got a, an excellent hit. Now what that does is the 2d6 damage, but actually in grip improves that to 2d12 damage for an excellent hit. So 12, 19 damage, uh, yeah, it takes it out. So that was the end of Impulse 2. Impulse 3, it's Manx Kostarsson, the captain's up. He's in a close combat situation with two of these creatures. Having made it across the room, charge pistol in hand. Um, yeah, he's going to gun one down. Try, try and gun one down. Going to go with the one kind of between him and the uh, top of the the area, one to the north, as it were. So, yeah, charge pistol shot. Um, creatures are at minus penalty for him, but he is um, training firearms, he has pistol specialism which cancels it out, so it's a straight up roll, 11 or more to hit, rolls a 7 and boom, misses, bit of a nightmare, um, charge pistol at a speed of 4, moves him around to 7 on the tracker, no, sorry, yes, to 7 on the tracker, nothing happens in phase 4, phase 5, it's Dia Fitarko. Still in the um, area, gonna take another shot at that alien in front of her with her laser pistol. Straight shot, 
minus one for its size, plus one for her bonus to hit with the pistol. And oh no, it's a, a plus four, plus d4 because she has um, a specialism with the pistol. So needing a ten or more. A three. How? <laughs> a two and a one. Oh, cracky. All right, she misses. Um, pistols three. <clears throat> Puts her around to eight. First in with the monsters. So I've got an attack on. I'm going to take an aimed attack um, with each of the creatures that are still there. Um, and that means they're going to be moving four impulses around into next round, impulse two. Um, so one on, sorry, two on Captain Manx. Um, I've got one in front and one behind. I'm going to count him as distracted. Um, plus one step bonus for both of them, really. Um, or one of them. So the one in front of him, um, who is engaged, straight up roll, 16 or more. 19 is a hit. The damage is five. Um, he has on him, he's wearing vacuum armor. And um, vacuum armor has a value of four against physical damage. So the damage going through is one, that's a graze. We're just gonna tick off a graze box, no other effects on the captain. And the one behind with a plus four effect, 16 is hit. Total of 11 is a miss. <clears throat> and then there's one facing Benito Riccardi. So that needs a 16 or more straight roll. That is a hit. Five, he again takes a graze with only one going through his vacuum armor of four. Actually, I've just realized something. They're wearing vacuum armor and that's tough. And the tough ability means against natural weapons and unarmed attacks, you increase its toughness by four. So whilst I give them both a graze and there's no serious effect, I'm gonna try and remember in the future because they're effectively these creatures can only get through them if they manage to um, get a, an excellent hit, which means beating that 16 by 5 or more. They need that bonus, and they're going to need to roll very, very well indeed. Okay, I feel less worried about the uh, situation now. Okay. Impulse 6, um, we've now got... Captain Banks Gustafsson is <laughs> in combat. Blam with the car, um, charge pistol. Plus D4, minus D4 because of the small creature, smaller creature. I just rolled a 1. 1, 2, 3, 4 for uh, the speed of the weapon. Okay, so Impulse 7. Impulse 7, Benito Riccardi, yes. Quantum Rifle Boy, he's going to turn on the other creature in front of him. Rifle is his benefit, so he gets a straight up bonus. Blam. 18 is a not only a hit, but an excellent hit. So he's doing 2d12 damage. 1, 2, 3 in total. Not good. Um, 
three. He's a light wound on the creature in front of him. Glancing shot. I guess the creature scatters out of the way as the uh, plasma ray from the quantum rifle kind of comes out. Nice. Um, he moves around four. Two, two, four, and track. Fantastic. Okay, phase eight. <coughs> the Iftigo, who is um, again going to shoot with her laser pistol with a plus D4 bonus. 17 in total is a excellent hit. Um, that gives her D6 plus 6. An excellent hit. One of the things I love about this game, by the way, you get extra damage, you get an excellent or stellar hit. Um, so 11. And 11 is going to kill it outright. So that's the one she previously wounded. Uh, down and out, basically. And she is around 3 to 3. Right on the track. Right, it's the end of the round. Now, the advice was to kind of spice up the game uh, in the scenario. So at the end of the round, I'm going to roll. It's a great table on page 215 of the alternative rulebook. Um, it's a basically about machine damage, as if like something blows or whatever. I'm just going to roll my 20 on that. I've got a 17. Um, so device goes dark. Let's have a fly flickering off. Uh, let's have the lights go off, basically. It's dark. Um, these guys are now in the dark. The creatures can see in the dark. How awesome is that? So it's round two. Impulse one, the monsters go first. So there's two creatures against Manx. Um, he's in the dark, so he's at plus two step. They get plus two steps on him. They've got a plus step on him for distracting him, so that becomes a, from D4 up to a D8. First attack. It's a 10. Second attack is a 27. Nine points of damage. West the four normally. Seven. It's two through. It's a graze on Manx. And this time, genuine graze on Manx. That means both his um, graze boxes are out. If now any further injury, he will be starting to take light wounds. Nothing too much to worry, too much to worry about, but that's going to hurt. Manx yelps in pain. The monsters move up the track to Impulse 5. Impulse 2 now leaves us with Manx himself reacting. Um, it's going to take an impulse to switch on his um, torch, his flashlight on his um, helmet. One impulse. Puts him into Impulse 3. Impulse 3 has got three characters in it. Starting with the first one in was um, Benito. Benito switches on his flashlight. Dia, Dia Fitago, also um, needs to put on a flashlight, so they both move to Impulse 4. Manx now C, fighting against one creature, and he gets a straight roll with a, no sorry, a D, plus D4, and because he's got specialism in pistols, he blams away again. Impulse 7, that's not good enough, he fails. And moves one, two, three, four around the track <clears throat> to impulse seven. Okay, impulse four. First in with Benito. He's um, got the quantum rifle in hand and he's got a special ability. He's got the trooper talent, and that means he can charge, use the charge bonus to move, half move, and normally with a charge, you can only do a melee attack. He's able to do a ranged weapon attack at a minus one penalty. So Benito's movement rate is 18 in his armour. He's going to move um, 
the nine, so effectively four squares towards the um, the alien behind Manx. One, two, three, four. Okay, as he moves forward, he's going to open fire. It's effectively going to be a, a minus one penalty. He needs a ten. He's rolled nine. The shot misses, and on the trajectory he's at, it's going to slam into the force field control panel. And I'm going to roll on my machine damage chart. Machine damage chart rolls an eighteen. The device device shivers and shakes in place. Um, doesn't blow up this time. <laughs> this is kind of silly. Um, right, there he goes, he's in. Moves him four round the track. Two, three, four, two. Phase eight. It's time for Deer. Deer is laser pistol in hand, not actually got a line of sight to anybody. I'm going to have a move towards the fifth force field actually. So she's going to be moving at 16, so that's 8 squares, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. She's going to be up by the force field, ready for when it drops. If it drops, she has no line of sight and she can't be seen by either of the aliens, so that's kind of handy. Her move is a two-phase action, bringing us to the creatures. They're attacking... Right, the one that's basically behind Manx is now going to whirl around to deal with Benito. Um, straight up roll and that's a miss on a 4 and the one in front of Manx is going to attack him rolls an 8 and that's a miss the creatures are I guess pretty psychotic <laughs> otherwise they'd be running by now so that moves them round 3 to phase 8 it's phase 6 DF targets up again Seeing that the force field's not down, I'm going to have her. I don't know if I move around, I suppose. She's going to move uh, around, to the, around the corner. So it's two phases of movement, it takes her into phase eight. She's now peeking around the corner and going behind the one that Manx is shooting, but she's about four meters away from it. Manx. Fighting only one creature now, he can actually take a good shot at it. So, charge pistol. Plus one, uh, plus D4 because he's got firearm specialism. Minus D4 because it's small. It's a straight up roll. Ten. He needs an eleven. <laughs> Crikey, I'm not rolling well today. Um, and that's a four speed action. One, two, three, four. Phase three of the next round. Okay, so it's phase eight of this round. First in was Benito. You know he's going to plant blow away that alien that's in front of him. Now he's not moving. There'll be a straight shot. And a roll of five. Would you believe it? I have got to get him aiming with that rifle. With his sniper ability, he'd have a plus two step bonus. I've got to remember to do that. Benito moves around the track four to the next round's phase four. It's still phase eight. Now it's time for the monsters. The one attacking Captain Manx has hit on a 19. Um, effectively no damage because the armour is a total of 7 against these natural attacks. 
and the other one's attacking. Ooh, the rolls six and misses. That was against Benito. Okay, the creatures move three around the track to phase three. Last in phase eight then is Dia, who's got a range shot on the back of. Um, I'm going to have a aim with this. So that's going to slow her down by one phase. It makes her move phase go on four. Okay, taking her round to phase four of the next round. But she gains an extra plus one to hit. So she normally has three steps. Less one, so it's a two step bonus. So plus d6 with the shot. And she's rolled a ten. That's a hit. Just, but it's a hit. Um, d6. d6 damage. Six. Wow, okay. That's a moderate wound on the creature. Um, puts it at minus one to its, its next actions, which means it's going to almost certainly fail to fight. Wounded. Woohoo! It's getting tense actually. Right. Next round. Um, going to roll for a random blowing up of thing. Oh, 20. Okay, there's a whole building shakes and rubble and rubble falls everywhere on the ground. Um, and something's going to fall over and break. So I don't know what to do with that. I think um, we'll have some rubble fall around the heroes and potentially block their escape. I'm going to have rubble fall between Dia and the um, force field. It's going to make that an area of difficult terrain, making it twice as hard to move. Um, yeah. No, that's going to make it. That's going to make it an area that you can't move through. You know, effectively block that off without climbing over it anyway. So they're going to have to go around if they want to get to the force field. Um, effectively, almost traps deer in there. Ace stuff. Right. Um, first phase of action is on phase three with Manx. Um, Manx taking a shot at that uh, creature that's in front of him. I'm going to have him take aim to get an extra plus one step. So he gets a plus two steps, less one, it's a straight up d4 bonus. Let's roll, roll the total of ten. And he needs an eleven. I cannot believe this guy missed. Again, a charge pistol now with an aim on it becomes five. Needs him five round the track. Five to phase eight of this round. Next up, it's the monsters. Uh, the wounded monster. I'm going to have it attack and then move back. You're allowed to make a two meter single square move after an attack. So I'm going to have it sort of skip back after it makes an attack on Manx. It's at minus one step because it's wounded. So the default was a three and an 18. Brings it down to 15 and it narrowly misses, but then it skips back out of the way. Nice. The one fighting Benito is making a straight up attack and 17, which would be a hit for damage of 5, but unfortunately, uh, it's not going to get through his armor, kind of chewing on him. <laughs> okay, so 1, 2, 3, around the track. 
Next up then is Benito himself. He's gonna try again right, with this quantum rifle, but this time gonna try and aim the shot. It slows his attack up to five. Um, but gives him plus two step bonus. So he's at a total of plus two steps. Plus D6. Out of four, two and two. How unlucky is this guy? Unbelievable. The round goes off again, and I'm going to have it smash into the machinery behind them, the control panel. Rolled a six. Uh, six. I'm going to. That's going like, to let out some kind of slippery puddle on the ground. Some toxic goo is now oozing out. Or a slippery puddle. So yeah, kind of rough terrain on the floor around the. Uh, so Manx is basically inviting an area of goo and gunk on the floor. Um, okay. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. Next to act is Deer. Deer's laser pistol shot. She's going to take a shot at that creature that's been skittling away from her. Um, I'm going to have her aim as well. So she would have one, two, plus two steps, what? It becomes a two-step bonus. An aim of four round <coughs> shot. And that's a total of 15, which is an excellent hit. So D6 plus six, D6 plus six. She's done. That's a five, and a six is 11. Sorry, my maths is not good. 11's kill. She's managed to take out the wounded one and it's down. There's one left in the area. <laughs> There's one on the other side of that force field to do. We've got real worry about that when we get there. Having done that, she can take a step forward um, <coughs> away from the rubble. But she can now see the goo around Manx's feet. Next act on phase six is the monster fighting Benito. Um, I'm going to have that skip away from the goo five feet <coughs> and then attacking. So that's completely ineffective. It's the last phase of this round. First in is Manx himself. Right, he's going to actually try and operate the controls. Right, he's got to use the force field controls. Operating those, I'm going to go for a computer skill. He doesn't have an ability in the computer skill, so I'm going to do this on the fly. That's an int-based skill. His intelligence is 5. You take 5 of 20, that gives him a base of 15. He needs to get 15 or better on his computer skill. I can do this. 20! Get in. That's an excellent success. So he does it. Um, absolutely no problem at all. Skill uses three impulses. One, two, three. Okay. So the force field is down. Last to act in the round is... Yeah. Um, okay, there's a creature she can see fighting Benito. Yeah, she's going to take a shot because you'll get an extra bonus of that. She's also going to aim. So she would have one step for being trained, two steps for a laser pistol, three steps for aiming, four steps for shooting behind, minus one for its size, a three step bonus, D8. D20 plus D8. 28. That's a stellar hit. D6 plus 6 damage. You can do this. 10. 
him. Straight out, eviscerates its laser palace, goes through its skull and takes it right out. One, two, three, four, and track. Fantastic. End of the round. Time to roll for an exploding something. We've got 13. Okay, this point is when the control panel ceases to function. It sparks, flashes, and goes. And it's a good job Manx just got that screen down, because you ain't getting it back up again. New round. Phase one. It's Benito. Benito doesn't have to worry about this creature anymore. She's going to make a straight up move. It's two, two impulses, straight round. It's going to run around. One, two, three, four, five. Puts him at the base of the stairs. There's another alien up the top of the stairs before they can get to the lift. Um, he's about four meters away from the alien creature, which is now turning to glare at him and looks pretty mean. Okay. It's creature time. There's only one left. It's going to charge him. I'm loving it. So the creature moves forward. Um, to Benito in attacks. It's higher than him. I'm going to give it a step bonus as it kind of flies off the top of the stairs and jumps towards him. Um, yeah, should be fun. So, 20 is a hit, but not quite enough to get the extra damage and actually wound him. He bounces off of Benito's suit. You can kind of imagine him hitting him and rolling off, rolling off to the side. Absolutely fabulous. So. One, two, three, and charging makes it four. All right, next phase, it's Manx. Manx is standing in a puddle of goo. Needs to get the hair out of there. It's gonna slow down getting out of it. So that's four to move there. He can move a total of 18 in his suit. 16. He's moved up, run round, and he's behind Benito slightly. Excuse me, he's behind Benito to his right, and that's his action. Two action move. Benito is next to out. Got a creature in front of him. Time to hit it with a quantum rifle, I think. So um, he's got a plus one bonus, it's a minus one. I'm going to say he can't aim because he's just been bad with the thingy. I think a kind of situational thing is absolutely fine. It's a straight round. 11. He needed a 13. He misses. The shot goes wild. And moving forward on the track. Okay. Next is. Dia. Dia is running around. Join them. She's got to run around where. Can't go back where she came. Um, where the rubble fell, so she's got to go around 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16. <laughs> this is as far as she can move. She's standing behind Manx, two meters behind him. Just got to hope that force field doesn't come back up. <laughs> um, two impulses. Okay, next up is the monster. It's uh, coming around. Try and attack. Um, our wonderful Benito. It rolls a three, misses really horrendously actually I don't think there's much hope for it to actually surviving 
Manx is next up. He's got a shot past a step penalty. He can shoot past Benito um, with his charge pistol. Minus one step penalty. If he takes an aim and slows his attack, that would be a straight roll. Two, three, four, five. Okay. Nineteen. Boom. That's what we're talking about. That is an excellent hit. D8 plus one. Six. It's a moderate wound, putting the creature on a minus one penalty to everything. Awesome sauce. And he actually can take a step forward as well. So, moves up alongside Benito, effectively blocking the corridor. Awesome! Okay. Next act is Dia. She's got her laser pistol in hand. She again could take a shot past Benito and a minus one step penalty. So it's She's got her energy weapon bonus for pistols. One for firing a laser pistol. Minus one for. She's at plus d4. If I like her aim, she'd be at plus d6. Let's take the shot. Boom! Got a 10. Just enough to hit. D6 straight up. Come on. A four. Four is enough to get a moderate hit. There is no moderate hit box, it becomes a severe hit. Bam! The creature is now at minus two to everything it does. And one more hit is dead. This is cool. Um so Dia four, one, two, three, four, aiming. Fantastic. Next up then is Benito himself on phase seven. I'll take a shot with that quantum rifle. Now he can take aim. So that's a total of three. It's a plus two step bonus with a penalty for the small creature. He's rolled 16. That's a normal hit. 2d6 damage. Two six is eight. It would normally be a severe wound. There's no severe wound box. It becomes a quick box and kills the creature. The alien is dead. The guys run along the corridor, up to the stairs to the lift, close the doors and hit the button up. They're heading for the service and they are victorious. Oh yes. So there you have it, the opening skirmish scenario from the 1999 Alternity Starter Set. Next time I'm going to actually sit down and play one of the scenarios. Obviously today was just a warm up, getting used to the rules, but I hope there's been something in there for you, something of interest and you know next time I can add the full solo stuff. Instead of it being a single combat scenario, we actually have a full adventure. My name's Che Webster. This has been a Roleplay Rescue solo journal. I'll see you later.